to the Mariners podcast from Sports Ethos, your place for worldwide sports coverage. I'm your host, Tino Ganassius, and you can find me on Twitter at TinoJr20 and the podcast at Ethos Mariners. Today is going to be the second part of the two-part series of grading the Mariners' uh, 2023 first half. Uh, I covered the hitters yesterday. We will do the pitchers today. Uh, if it sounds like I am a an easy grader and not grading on a curve, it is because the Mariners pitching staff has been absolutely outstanding so far this season. Uh, I was pretty surprised by a lot of the numbers that I saw. Super fun exercise. I'm excited to share some of them with you. If the Mariners continue to get pitching like this, I think the Mariners are going to be all right. Mariners are have a high likelihood of making the playoffs if they continue to get pitching like this, because I would expect the bats to get hot as the summer wears on. So I will start with uh, the rotation. I'm going to go through uh, one through five, um, dig deep into the five starters and then uh, not so deep into the relievers, but we'll talk some of the relievers and some of the eye popping numbers uh, that I found amongst the Mariners relief core. So, Luis Castillo is first. Luis Castillo is the Mariners' ace. The Mariners gave up a pretty penny to acquire Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds uh, near the deadline, um, out in front of the deadline, but near the deadline last season. Uh, the headliners in that deal were um, shortstop, third baseman, Noelvi Marte, and uh, shortstop Edwin Arroyo. Marte is a consensus uh, top 20 prospect, top 25 prospect, going to be a very good hitter at third base, one of my favorite prospects um, that the Mariners have had in their system over the past 10 years or so. Was sad to see him go, but you have to pay to acquire a number one starter. And then Edward Arroyo, who not as many folks know about, 19 years old, um, slick fielding shortstop, uh, very good bat, I think projects to a uh, 280, you know, 15 to 20 home runs sort of shortstop. Uh, the Mariners have replaced him with Cole Young and Colt Emerson. I think similar types of players, probably a little less uh, slick in the field, but uh, certainly replacements for uh, Edwin Arroyo. In any case, Mariners acquire, acquire Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo in Cincinnati was very... Uh, Sinker, change-up, heavy, uh, sinker, slider, change-up. He led with the change-up for Cincinnati as his highest usage pitch uh, from 2019 through 2021, which is strange. You don't see a lot of change-up first uh, starting pitchers, especially those who throw 98 miles an hour. Uh, Mariners have changed him. The Mariners have shifted his, his pitch mix to be much more uh, within the uh, philosophical boundaries of what the Mariners want their pitchers to do, their belief system. Uh, he throws now 44% forcing fastballs, 21% slider. Uh, and he's become a much better pitcher, to be honest with you, and a much more consistent pitcher. Uh, Luis Castillo, so far this season, is 6-6. Six and six with a 2.85 ERA and a 1.04 whip. He has thrown 107.1 innings and struck out 117 batters. 
So his full season projections for this season are an 11 and 11 record, 195 innings, 156 hits, 213 strikeouts. So you're talking about a pitcher, basically a 200 inning, 200 strikeout pitcher with somewhere around a three ERA. And that is, that is that of a modern day number one starter. Um, you see some number two starters provide that as well. Those are championship teams for the most part, but, or teams with co-number ones, but that is, those are the statistics of a number one starter. Um, that is what Luis Castillo is. He has his highest swinging strike rate since 2019 at 15.4%. One of the really interesting things I found in digging deeper into Luis Castillo is that he has a much higher, his batters have a much higher launch angle against Castillo than they ever have. It's 16 degrees. Um, it was 10.4 degrees in 2021. And what this says to me is he is um he's just not as sinker heavy. He's not looking to induce nearly as many ground balls as he did in Cincinnati. Part of that in Cincinnati was the park. It's such a home run friendly park and uh T-Mobile is not. And so it makes sense for him to adjust his approach, but it was eye popping for me to see that 16 degree launch angle against Luis Castillo because I've conceptualized him as such a ground ball pitcher for so long. Uh, he is better against right-handers than lefties. 184 average against righties, 236 against left-handers. The OPS is about 150 points higher against lefties as well. His ERA is a little over a run better at home than it is on the road. Um, and his, uh, I found it interesting that his zone contact rate is about 6% lower than league average. He's much harder to hit against strikes in the zone than your average major league pitcher. Uh, so he's pitching like a number one. And as I said, he projects to about 200 innings and 200 strikeouts. Um, the Mariners have changed his pitch mix. He's become a different pitcher with the Mariners. Uh, the only thing I can really be critical of with Luis Castillo is that there are times where he is missing his spots. And when he has less than great command, uh, he's more likely to give up, say, three runs in six innings and pitch kind of like a number, you know, number two, number three starter instead of that number one or true ace. When he's locating, he's untouchable. And um, I love it. I think he's a, a big game pitcher. You got to love how he carries himself. He's unflappable. Um, and the Mariners were lucky to acquire him. They are super, super lucky to acquire uh, Luis Castillo last season. They did sign him as well to a uh, to a contract extension that is, I believe it was five years, $108 million um, starting this season uh, with an uh, investing option in 2027 or 2028. So Mariners got him at a steal. You're telling me you're getting a number one starter at just over $21 million a year? Um, absolute steal for Luis Castillo. I gave him an A minus. I think that if he can be more consistent with his command. And I'm not talking about missing the strike zone, right? It's not a walk rate issue. It's a it's a location issue within the zone where he's surrendering home runs or base hits because he's not um, hitting the target. So I gave him an A minus. I think he's been great. Obviously, like I said, you know, sub three ERA, 200 innings, 200 strikeouts. That's a phenomenal pitcher. 
Um, but there is still work to be done, I think, for Castillo to be a true Cy Young candidate. Next is George Kirby. Uh, my probably my personal favorite um, of the top three Mariner starters. Uh, a unicorn. I, there's no other pitcher in baseball like George Kirby. He has the best command of any pitcher in the major leagues. He's surrendering a 2.3% walk rate as of um, right now. He's only given up 10 walks all season long. Think about that. It's absolutely wild that you would go 107 and two thirds major league innings and only surrender 10 walks. Uh, He does because he's in the zone so much and he is consciously pitching to contact. He does give up his fair share of hits. Uh, it's about a hit an inning from him. He doesn't get nearly the swinging strike rate that some other pitchers do. He's 49th in swinging strike rate amongst qualified starting uh, starters, those who qualify for the ERA title. Um, but he's 46% ground ball. And so he does get uh, double plays as well. One, a couple things of note, his pitch mix, he's 39% four seamer, 24% sinker. Uh, he st- started throwing his sinker a lot more. Um, and it's proving to be a very effective pitch specifically against right-handed hitters um, who are getting jammed against him. So he's in the zone a lot. He doesn't surrender nearly as much swing and miss. He gets a lot of weak contact. And um, I think what's cool about George Kirby is that he can morph into, because his command is so great and he has great stuff, he can morph into really whatever type of pitcher he needs to be against a specific team. And so what what I found most fascinating when digging deeper into Kirby is I looked at the Fangraphs uh, stuff plus, pitching plus, location plus um, numbers and for the Mariners. And George Kirby graded out as the highest pitching plus uh, starting pitcher at 109. Uh, and his stuff was a 105. So from a stuff plus perspective, and you can, you can, you know, question how these metrics are, are derived and whether you believe in them or not. Um, every specific major league organization has their own pitching model. This model was put together originally by Eno Saris. Um, while I don't think it's the gospel, I do think that there are uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of information that can be gleaned from, uh, this, pitching uh, model. So Kirby has a 105 stuff plus. He is second in the Mariners rotation in stuff plus only to Bryce Miller. I bring that up because we all know he has elite command, but he also has very, very good stuff. And so it's very clear that he's not trying to strike batters out, that he is pitching to contact because if he was trying to strike batters out, I think he could. Um, but I think he's looking to get deeper into games. And so weak contact is something that is uh, that he's seeking. Uh, in watching his every start, I do, I said this in previous pods, I do wish that he um, came inside and off the plate a bit more. I think that hitters get too comfortable against him. That's why you see so many hits against Kirby. Um, I would like to see him push hitters off the plate a bit. You see them really leaning, getting way too comfortable in the box. I'd also like to see him waste pitches 0-2 and 1-2. If he gets ahead, you know, throw a uh, a slider to a right-hander 
down and away off the plate in the dirt. See if he'll chase. Um, throw a sinker against a lefty uh, low and outside and see if he'll chase. I, I think that because his command is so great, he could afford to throw a ball and chase some strikeouts in some situations. I also think that it would make hitters less comfortable in the box against him. Um, but that said, he's been so effective and I so thoroughly enjoyed his start against the Astros coming into the break because he led with the sinker instead of the four seamer. It showed just how multiple he can be. And uh, I think that's something that he is going to try to take advantage of moving forward. So watch his pitch mix moving forward. Watch to see if he is throwing more fastballs than sinkers or sinkers and fastballs in his next few starts. Cause I'm interested to see if this was a long-term philosophical shift for George Kirby and to a lesser extent, other Mariners starters, or if this was something that was Astro specific, but George Kirby, if he continues to be as consistent with his command and he maintains his stuff could be in the AL Cy Young conversation by season's end. And I would expect to see him squarely in that conversation uh, for the next few years. George Kirby from me gets an A minus. If nothing else, I think that he, again, he could chase more strikeouts. He's not, I would not call Kirby dominant yet. I think he is very, very good. I think he is that of a number two starter in a championship rotation, but there, I think there's more to come from George Kirby as he tweaks his, uh, his pitch mix and his uh, location. Logan Gilbert, Mariners number three starter. I gave him a B plus so far this season. Uh, Logie is seven and five with a 3.66 ERA and a 0.98 whip. He struck out 106 batters in 108 and a third innings. Um, Gilbert's been great. I don't think you can ask for much more from him. Uh, one stat I found interesting with him is that he his left on base percentage is 67.9%, which is lower than league average. That means he's allowing more runners to score than most other pitchers do once they get on base. Some of that is luck. Uh, some of that is ability to strike hitters out um, in pressure situations. But that if that number gets closer to at league average, you might see his ERA tick down ever so slightly. Logan Gilbert projects for the year to be 13-9, and nine, to go throw 197 innings, 158 hits, and 193 strikeouts. He's essentially a strikeout per inning um, 180 to 200 inning type of pitcher. Uh, his platoon splits are pretty even 217 versus lefties, 216 against righties. He's about a run better ERA wise on the road so far this season than he is at home. I found that that's a little bit, um, opposite of what you might expect from a Mariners pitcher since the home park is so big and plays so pitcher friendly. Uh, I would expect to see those numbers uh, get closer to one in the same. And then the one big thing he's done this season is he's introduced a split finger fastball or a splitter. Uh, he's throwing it 14% of the time at 85 miles an hour. And he's giving up a 125 average and a 188 slug with that splitter. It's been dynamite. But his uh, how hitters have fared against his pitches is reverse of what it's been uh, in the past and reverse of what you think of when you think of Logan Gilbert. When he first came up, he had this elite extension 
on a 95 mile an hour fastball and he led with with the fastball he was very very heavy four seamer um it was his best pitch by run by a baseball savant run value in 21 and 22 this season it is his worst pitch by run value and it's his worst pitch by uh standard metrics 297 average against the fastball 516 slug and he's throwing it 41% of the time every other pitch slider curveball splitter below 200 average and below 321 slug all three of the secondary pitches above a 31% whiff rate so he has gotten much better with his secondaries obviously dominant with his secondaries but his fastball now is the pitch that isn't as effective i found that Totally fascinating. Um, I think Logan Gilbert moving forward on this team is going to stay very firmly in that number three starter role. Uh, if you can get 190 innings from your number three starter with a strikeout per inning and a low to mid threes ERA, you're building a championship rotation. Uh, that's what Logan Gilbert is to me. I gave him a B plus uh, for the first half, if for no other reason than his ERA is three six six. I know some of that is not always his fault, but you're not getting an A grade for a uh, from a veteran or I guess a third year pitcher um, if it's not if his ERA is not in the lower threes. He did throw have a three point two zero ERA in twenty two. So there's room to get the ERA better. I think some of that is luck, as I've said. Some of that is being more effective with the four-seamer. But he's a horse. And I I think, as barring injury, you're looking at, a, a again, 180-plus innings each year um, that he's in the rotation. Uh, those top three Mariners are very lucky and privileged to have a top three of Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert. That's almost 600 innings of just over three ERA pitching. Uh, that is a great foundation for a championship team. Fourth, Bryce Miller. Bryce Miller has been a freaking revelation this season. He went from being a fourth round pick of the Mariners in 2021 to being a number four starter on a playoff contending team, which is what the Mariners are. He had the historic start to his season, as we all know. He has an elite four-seam fastball that he throws at 95 miles an hour, but has incredible spin. Um, It's a really difficult pitch to hit. The question with Bryce Miller moving forward is going to be, uh, can he find the right secondary pitch to throw to left-handed batters um, to keep them off of his fastball? I think without that secondary pitch, he's still a middle of the rotation starter. I think he has potential to be a number one down the road if he can figure out what that pitch needs to be and what it looks like. Um, Regardless of what he does for the rest of the season, Bryce Miller has been an incredible developmental story for the Mariners player development staff. Um, fourth round pick two years ago is now a middle of the rotation starter. Is That's a huge deal. Uh, every team would love to be able to do that. So Bryce Miller gets an A from me. There was no real true honest expectation that he would be in the, on the major league staff this season. Part of it was because Marco and Robbie Ray were supposed to be a part of that staff. But part of it is just that, you know, who expected him to be this good? Uh, so far this season, Bryce Miller is five and three with a three nine seven ERA and a 0.95 WHIP. 
He has 55 strikeouts in 59 innings. Um, he's a joy to watch. Again, the Mariners are lucky to have him as well. Uh, he's 68% fastball, 18% slider. So 85% of his pitches, or 80, I guess 86% of his pitches are fastball slider. Leans very heavily on those. A couple of stats of note. Home ERA is three two seven. Away ERA is four eight five. So one and a half runs better at home. Um, but super fun to watch. Just look for the development of that next pitch, that secondary pitch that he's going to throw to left-handers to see if he's actually going to become a top of the ro- rotation starter as opposed to a middle rotation starter. All right, final starter is Brian Wu. Um, I also gave him an A. I think. I don't think anyone expected Brian Wu to be in the Mariners rotation this year. After his first start, his debut start against the Rangers on June 3rd, where he surrendered six runs in two innings. He's pitched 32 and two thirds innings with a 2.20 ERA. Uh, Another incredibly fun pitcher to watch. He was very fastball kind of slider. He was touted as a fastball slider pitcher. When he came up, um, I don't think people talked about his sinker enough. He's throwing his sinker a ton. It's at the same velocity as the fastball. Uh, on the season, it's 50% sinker at 95 miles an hour and 26%, or excuse me, 50% four-seamer and 26% sinker. But he's throwing the sinker much more as the season goes on. I think those two numbers are going to get closer together. He's also mixed in a cutter over the last three starts that he's throwing primarily to right-handed hitters. It's a... Uh, Almost like it's just a hard slider in a lot of ways, but it's been a very good pitch for him as well. Um, His metrics are a bit better than Bryce Miller in that he has a much lower zone contact rate and a much higher whiff rate than than Miller, but they're achieving similar results. The other thing about Wu is he – two things. One is his platoon splits are pretty drastic. 360 average against lefties and a 122 average against righties. So – with Wu, it's the same issue as with Miller. He needs to f- really figure out what the pitch mix needs to be against left-handed hitters if he's going to be a top-of-the-rotation ro- starter versus a middle-of-the-rotation starter. Um, he also had Tommy John surgery in 2021 at Cal Poly. And because of that, he only threw 57 innings last year in 22. And so far this season, minor and major leagues, he's thrown 78 and two-thirds innings. So he's very near his innings cap or the assumed innings cap um, because of his surgery in 21 and few innings in 22. Uh, The Mariners front office has alluded to the fact that that's going to happen pretty soon here in the second half. So the Mariners are going to have to figure out who the number five starter is going to be um, for this season. I think they're hoping that Marco Gonzalez is healthy soon, but what they've seen from Brian Wu and what the Mariners can project for 2024 and beyond with Wu and Bryce Miller at the back of the rotation is pretty phenomenal. Um, These two, I think Wu was a sixth round pick of the Mariners. These two pitchers are such a testament to the Mariners uh, player development uh, system. And I point to these two as reasons why, and Gilbert and Kirby for that matter, as reasons why judging the Mariners minor league system at its current state, you know, where it's ranked in between 20 and 30 by a lot of, um, a lot of groups just doesn't make sense to me. You got to look at the players that are on the team too. 
when you're thinking about their player development system as a whole. I think, I think that a lot of evaluators see that, but a lot of fans don't always understand that or see that. They understand the concept. They don't see the concept. So again, Brian will get an A. Bryce Miller gets an A. Logan Gilbert gets a B plus, And then Kirby and Castillo both get A minuses. Um, high grades, but they've pitched incredibly well. Uh, the other pitchers that I would I'd like to cover, I'd like to go through the bullpen real quickly and just point out a few stats that I found. Um, let's see. So the Mariners pitching staff as a whole has a 3.74 ERA, which is good for fifth in baseball. Um, so Paul Seawald has been Paul Seawald. It's what he's always done. Um, I give him an A. I know he's blown up a couple of times, but 2-0 with a 3-2-2 ERA, 102 whip, 36 in the third innings, 51 strikeouts. So 36% strikeout from Seawald. 37.5% strikeout rate from Munoz, 38% strikeout from Brash. Those three, Munoz, Brash, Seawald, are dominant. The Mariners have an absolutely dominant bullpen, and I don't think everybody always realizes that. To have three pitchers above 35% strikeout rate is wild. Andres Munoz, 44.1% whiff rate, That's which is completely nuts. You think about the pitching staff – Luis Castillo, or the starting staff, Luis Castillo swinging strike rate or whiff rate, excuse me, is 32.2. So Munoz is almost 10%, is, excuse me, is 11.9% higher whiff rate than Luis Castillo, who is number one on the, on the uh, starting staff. It's unheard of to see a 44.1% whiff rate. Uh, Brash is at 38.5. Tyler Saucedo, Taylor Saucedo is at 32.9. Um, you know, Saucedo, Ty Adcock, Justin Topa, Gabe Spire, they all have positives and negatives. Spire is a ground ball pitcher, left-handed ground ball pitcher with very good stuff. Um, doesn't, you know, is very effective against left-handed hitters. I think you have to limit his exposure to righties at times. Justin Topa is a extreme ground ball pitcher. Uh, 56.6% ground ball rate against Topa. Uh, 294 ERA, but that's a bit misleading. His whip is pretty high. The skills aren't totally there, but he is definitely, like as I said, if you want a right-handed pitcher to induce ground balls, Justin Topa is your guy. Ty Adcock has given up no runs in 12 innings so far. Fastball slider heavy, um, looks to be better, obviously, against right-handed hitters. Taylor Saucedo has been the mop-up guy, but he's also been good. 2.74 ERA, high whip at 1.39. But, and I just kind of thought of him as a guy. But then you see the 14% swinging strike rate. You see the 33% whiff rate. And you realize that there is something there under the hood with Saucedo. So I think they're giving him opportunity to pitch in, le- in lower leverage roles to get to a place where uh, where he is maybe more comfortable as a higher leverage left-handed reliever. But bullpen's great. It's really hard to be critical of the Mariners' bullpen, um, really the pitching staff as a whole. Uh, I gave Adcock an A just because he's a rookie in 12 innings of scoreless ball. 
Spire and Munoz get A minuses. Spire kind of because he came out of nowhere to do what he's doing. Uh, Munoz A minus because he did give up a few runs recently. Um, and I think there's even more to him than he's shown this season. Uh, Saucedo and Topa get B pluses. Neither of them has been dominant, but they both have exceeded expectation. And then Matt Brash gets a B. Uh, Brash is funny because his he's got more electric stuff than darn near any reliever in baseball. Um, his slider is just is freaking unhittable. He's throwing frisbee. It looks like he's throwing frisbees up there. Uh, but he's given up 37 hits in 36 innings. Uh, you would not expect that from a pitcher with his type of stuff. But it's because he has a 450 Babbitt against which is a hundred more than 150 points higher than league average. Um, so he's gotten so unlucky with batting with balls in play. That's which is the reason why he's surrendered that many hits, but 62 strikeouts in 36 innings for Matt Brash. And despite a 450 Babbitt against it's still a three, five ERA. Uh, so, and then Isaiah Campbell's thrown one inning so far. So that's the Mariners pitching staff. Um, this might be the best Mariners pitching staff of of in my memory. I don't think that I know that the Mariners haven't had a deeper pitching staff um, in my memory. Oh, uh, one I know was incredible. Uh, top to bottom. I think these, I think that this pitching staff can compete. Uh, there are questions about what's going to happen with that number five slot when Brian Wu is shut down for the season, but for now, you've got a dominant bullpen where you're surprised if the Mariners surrender a lead after seven innings. I think that's a luxury. Um, there have been a lot of incredible teams uh, in baseball history that have been just like that. You know, you think about uh, John Wetland and Mariano Rivera, the late 90s Yankees. You think about the Nasty Boys in 1990 with the Cincinnati Reds, Randy Myers, Norm Charlton, Rob Dibble. Um, that type of situation where you get to the seventh or eighth and you just know you're done as an opposing team is very intimidating, very valuable. Uh, the Mariners have, in a lot of ways, have that. I think we don't think of it that way because Paul Seawall doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. But numerically, statistically, that's what the Mariners are rolling out there. So, again, uh, pitching staff is really wonderful. Um I love watching great pitching. Uh, I've always, you know, I grew up with Dwight Gooden in 85 and 86. And I grew up with uh, Roger Clemens, Mike Scott, even Jose Rio, you know, obviously Felix Hernandez. I'd go on and on of all the pitchers that I've grown up loving, Pedro Martinez, Greg Maddox, all the Braves guys. Uh, that's fun for me. And I think the, with the Mariners, it's important to recognize just how lucky uh, the Mariners fans are to have a pitching staff of this caliber. Um, those old school folks can remember how bad the Mariners pitching has been at times uh, within the or, or during this organization's history. Um, some of the stiffs that we would roll out there. And as Mariners fans, you just, you're asking like, where the heck did this dude come from? Why is our pitching so bad, especially in the kingdom? So 
value having Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert as your one, two, three. Value the fact that that the Mariners brought up two guys from the minor leagues who were fourth and sixth round picks, and they're out there throwing 95. Bryce Miller with an elite fastball. Brian Wu with an elite fastball sinker mix. It's just, it's super cool. Um, Super, super, super cool. So with this great pitching staff, one of which I think is, is, in my opinion, the best pitching staff in baseball. And an offense who has scored league average runs, but has underperformed damn near position to position. And you would expect to get better as the season wears on. This is a team on the ascent. I know national prognosticators don't see the Mariners that way. Numerically, when you start to look at the stats, you start, you see the run differential, you see the great pitching, you see the second half hitters that the Mariners have barring catastrophic injury. This team is going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. They're good. And it's exciting. So that's the Mariners pitching grades. Uh, Again, super fun. Each pitcher is different. Philosophically, you can certainly see what it is the Mariners try to do. It's with their right-handed starters. It's forcing fastball, sinker, slider. Um, and then maybe something else different if the, if you came into the team with that. Logan Gilbert, it's the, the splitter that he's learned. Luis Castillo, it's the changeup that he's had that was considered his best pitch for a long time. Bryce Miller hasn't found that pitch yet. It's just fastball slider. Brian Wu, fastball slider or fastball sinker cutter, which is functioning kind of like a slider. So philosophically, starting pitching wise, you see what they're trying to do. It's effective. It's fun. I don't know. Second half to me is going to be a lot of fun. I know people have talked about the Mariners not being as exciting, not being as cool, right? Like this team is not, people said this team is not my favorite team. I'm like, really? What? You got a 22 year old Julio Rodriguez, right? You've got a pitching staff that is the best pitching staff in baseball. And you're telling me you're not having fun. So in any case, I'm looking forward to the second half of the season. I think I would be surprised if this team is not in, in the playoffs um, come October. So thanks for listening to the Mariners cast. Uh, we are presented by Sports Ethos. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior 20. It's T-I-N-O-J-R-2-0. And the podcast at Ethos Mariners, E-T-H-O-S. M-A-R-I-N-E-R-S. Enjoy your Thursday, July 13th. We'll have Mariners baseball tomorrow against the Tigers at home. Enjoy the sunshine. Peace.